Volume Two, Part Two, Chapter Ten, of the Ingenious Gentleman Don Quixote of La Mancha, by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra, translated by John Ormsby, eighteen twenty nine to eighteen ninety five. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Volume Two, Part Two, Chapter Ten wherein is related the crafty device sancho adopted to enchant the lady dulcinea and other incidents as ludicrous as they are true when the author of this great history comes to relate what is set down in this chapter he says he would have preferred to pass it over in silence fearing it would not be believed because here don quixote's madness reaches the confines of the greatest that can be conceived and even goes a couple of bowshots beyond the greatest but after all though still under the same fear and apprehension he has recorded it without adding to the story or leaving out a particle of the truth and entirely disregarding the charges of falsehood that might be brought against him and he was right for the truth may run fine but will not break and always rises above falsehood as oil above water and so going on with his story he says that as soon as don quixote had ensconced himself in the forest oak grove or wood near el toboso he bade sancho return to the city and not come into his presence again without having first spoken on his behalf to his lady and begged of her that it might be her good pleasure to permit herself to be seen by her enslaved knight and deign to bestow her blessing upon him so that he might thereby hope for a happy issue in all his encounters and difficult enterprises sancho undertook to execute the task according to the instructions and to bring back an answer as good as the one he brought back before go my son said don quixote and be not dazed when thou findest thyself exposed to the light of that sun of beauty thou art going to seek happy thou above all the squires in the world bear in mind and let it not escape thy memory how she receives thee if she changes colour while thou art giving her my message if she is agitated and disturbed at hearing my name if she cannot rest upon her cushion shouldst thou haply find her seated in the sumptuous state chamber proper to her rank and should she be standing observe if she poises herself now on one foot now on the other if she repeats two or three times the reply she gives thee if she passes from gentleness to austerity from asperity to tenderness if she raises her hand to smooth her hair though it be not disarranged in short my son observe all her actions and motions for if thou wilt report them to me as they were i will gather what she hides in the recesses of her heart as regards my love for i would have thee know sancho if thou knowest it not that with lovers the outward actions and motions they give way to when their loves are in question are the faithful messengers that carry the news of what is going on in the depths of their hearts go my friend may better fortune than mine attend thee and bring thee a happier issue than that which i await in dread in this dreary solitude i will go and return quickly said sancho cheer up that little heart of yours master mine for at the present moment you seem to have got one no bigger than a hazelnut remember what they say that a stout heart breaks bad luck and that where there are no fletches there are no pegs and moreover they say the hare jumps up where it's not looked for i say this because if we could not find my lady's palaces or castles to-night now that it is daylight i count upon finding them when i least expect it and once found leave it to me to manage her verily sancho said don quixote thou dost always bring in thy proverbs happily whatever we deal with 
may god give me better luck in what i am anxious about with this sancho wheeled about and gave dapple the stick and don quixote remained behind seated on his horse resting in his stirrups and leaning on the end of his lance filled with sad and troubled forebodings and there we will leave him and accompany sancho who went off no less serious and troubled than he left his master so much so that as soon as he had got out of the thicket and looking round saw that don quixote was not within sight he dismounted from his ass and seating himself at the foot of a tree began to commune with himself saying now brother sancho let us know where your worship is going are you going to look for some ass that has been lost not at all then what are you going to look for i am going to look for a princess that's all and in her for the sun of beauty and the whole heaven at once and where do you expect to find all this sancho where why in the great city of el toboso well and for whom are you going to look for her for the famous knight don quixote of la mancha who rights wrongs gives food to those who thirst and drink to the hungry that's all very well but do you know her house sancho my master says it will be some royal palace or grand castle and have you ever seen her by any chance neither i nor my master ever saw her and does it strike you that it would be just and right if the el toboso people finding out that you were here with the intention of going to tamper with their princesses and trouble their ladies were to come and cudgel your ribs and not leave a whole bone in you they would indeed have very good reason if they did not see that i am under orders and that you are a messenger my friend no blame belongs to you don't you trust to that sancho for the manchegan folk are as hot-tempered as they are honest and won't put up with liberties from anybody by the lord if they get scent of you it will be worse for you i promise you be off you scoundrel let the bolt fall why should i go looking for three feet on a cat to please another man and what is more when looking for dulcinea we'll be looking for marica in ravenna or the bachelor in salamanca the devil the devil and nobody else has mixed me up in this business such was the soliloquy sancho held with himself and all the conclusion he could come to was to say to himself again well there's remedy for everything except death under whose yoke we have all to pass whether we like it or not when life's finished i have seen by a thousand signs that this master of mine is a madman fit to be tied and for that matter i too am not behind him for i am a greater fool than he is when i follow him and serve him if there's any truth in the proverb that says tell me what company thou keepest and i'll tell thee what thou art or in that other not with whom thou art bred but with whom thou art fed well then if he be mad as he is and with a madness that mostly takes one thing for another and white for black and black for white as was seen when he said the windmills were giants and the monks mules dromedaries flocks of sheep armies of enemies and much more to the same tune it will not be very hard to make him believe that some country girl the first i come across here is the lady dulcinea and if he does not believe it i'll swear it and if he should swear i'll swear again and if he persists i'll persist still more so as come what may to have my quoit always over the peg maybe by holding out in this way i may put a stop to his sending me on messages of this kind another time or maybe he will think as i suspect he will that one of those wicked enchanters who he says have a spite against him has changed her form for the sake of doing him an ill turn and injuring him with this reflection sancho made his mind easy counting the business as good as settled and stayed there till the afternoon so as to make don quixote think he had time enough to go to el toboso and return and things turned out so luckily for him that as he got up to mount dapple he spied coming from el toboso 
towards the spot where he stood three peasant girls on three colts or fillies for the author does not make the point clear though it is more likely they were she-asses the usual mount with village girls but as it is of no great consequence we need not stop to prove it to be brief the instant sancho saw the peasant girls he returned full speed to seek his master and found him sighing and uttering a thousand passionate lamentations when don quixote saw him he exclaimed what news sancho my friend am i to mark this day with a white stone or a black your worship replied sancho had better mark it with ruddle like the inscriptions on the walls of classrooms that those who see it may see it plain then thou bringest good news said don quixote so good replied sancho that your worship has only to spur rocinante and get out into the open field to see the lady dulcinea del toboso who with two others damsels of hers is coming to see your worship holy god what art thou saying sancho my friend exclaimed don quixote take care thou art not deceiving me or seeking by false joy to cheer my real sadness what could i get by deceiving your worship returned sancho especially when it will so soon be shown whether i tell the truth or not come senor push on and you will see the princess our mistress coming robed and adorned in fact like what she is her damsels and she are all one glow of gold all bunches of pearls all diamonds all rubies all cloth of brocade of more than ten borders with their hair loose on their shoulders like so many sunbeams playing with the wind and moreover they come mounted on three piebald cackneys the finest sight ever you saw hackneys you mean sancho said don quixote there is not much difference between cackneys and hackneys said sancho but no matter what they come on there they are the finest ladies one could wish for especially my lady the princess dulcinea who staggers one's senses let us go sancho my son said don quixote and in guerdon of this news as unexpected as it is good i bestow upon thee the best spoil i shall win in the first adventure i may have or if that does not satisfy thee i promise thee the foals i shall have this year from my three mares that thou knowest are in foal on our village common i'll take the foals said sancho for it is not quite certain that the spoils of the first adventure will be good ones by this time they had cleared the wood and saw the three village lasses close at hand don quixote looked all along the road to el toboso and as he could see nobody except the three peasant girls he was completely puzzled and asked sancho if it was outside the city he had left them how outside the city returned sancho are your worship's eyes in the back of your head that you can't see that they are these who are coming here shining like the very sun at noonday i see nothing sancho said don quixote but three country girls on three jackasses now may god deliver me from the devil said sancho and can it be that your worship takes three hackneys or whatever they are called as white as the driven snow for jackasses by the lord i could tear my beard if that was the case well i can only say sancho my friend said don quixote that it is as plain they are jackasses or jennyasses as that i am don quixote and thou sancho panza at any rate they seem to me to be so hush senor said sancho don't talk that way but open your eyes and come and pay your respects to the lady of your thoughts who is close upon us now and with these words he advanced to receive the three village lasses and dismounting from dapple caught hold of one of the asses of the three country girls by the halter and dropping on both knees on the ground he said queen and princess and duchess of beauty may it please your haughtiness and greatness to receive into your favour and good will your captive knight who stands there 
turned into marble stone and quite stupefied and benumbed at finding himself in your magnificent presence i am sancho panza his squire and he the vagabond knight don quixote of la mancha otherwise called the knight of the rueful countenance don quixote had by this time placed himself on his knees beside sancho and with eyes starting out of his head and a puzzled gaze was regarding her whom sancho called queen and lady and as he could see nothing in her except a village lass and not a very well-favoured one for she was platter-faced and snub-nosed he was perplexed and bewildered and did not venture to open his lips the country girls at the same time were astonished to see these two men so different in appearance on their knees preventing their companion from going on she however who had been stopped breaking silence said angrily and testily get out of the way bad luck to you and let us pass for we are in a hurry to which sancho returned o princess and universal lady of el toboso is not your magnanimous heart softened by seeing the pillar and prop of knight-errantry on his knees before your sublimated presence on hearing this one of the others exclaimed woe then why i'm rubbing thee down she asked of my father-in-law see how the lordlings come to make game of the village girls now as if we here could not chaff as well as themselves go your own way and let us go ours and it will be better for you get up sancho said don quixote at this i see that fortune with evil done to me unsated still has taken possession of all the roads by which any comfort may reach this wretched soul that i carry in my flesh and thou highest perfection of excellence that can be desired utmost limit of grace in human shape sole relief of this afflicted heart that adores thee though the malign enchanter that persecutes me has brought clouds and cataracts on my eyes and to them and them only transform thy unparagoned beauty and change thy features into those of a poor peasant girl if so be he has not at the same time changed mine into those of some monster to render them loathsome in thy sight refuse not to look upon me with tenderness and love seeing in this submission that i make on my knees to thy transformed beauty the humility with which my soul adores thee <laughs> heyday my grandfather cried the girl much i care for your love-making get out of the way and let us pass and we'll thank you sancho stood aside and let her go very well pleased to have got so well out of the hobble he was in the instant the village lass who had done duty for dulcinea found herself free prodding her cackney with the spike she had at the end of a stick she set off at full speed across the field the she-ass however feeling the point more acutely than usual began cutting such capers that it flung the lady dulcinea to the ground seeing which don quixote ran to raise her up and sancho to fix and girth the pack-saddle which also had slipped under the ass's belly the pack-saddle being secured as don quixote was about to lift up his enchanted mistress in his arms and put her upon her beast the lady getting up from the ground saved him the trouble for going back a little she took a short run and putting both hands on the croup of the ass she dropped into the saddle more lightly than a falcon and sat astride like a man whereat sancho said rogue but our lady is lighter than a lanner and might teach the cleverest cordovan or mexican how to mount she cleared the back of the saddle in one jump and without spurs she is making the hackney go like a zebra and her damsels are no way behind her for they all fly like the wind which was the truth for as soon as they saw dulcinea mounted they pushed on after her and sped away without looking back for more than half a league don quixote followed them with his eyes 
and when they were no longer in sight he turned to sancho and said how now sancho thou seest how i am hated by enchanters and see to what a length the malice and spite they bear me go when they seek to deprive me of the happiness it would give me to see my lady in her own proper form the fact is i was born to be an example of misfortune and the target and mark at which the arrows of adversity are aimed and directed observe too sancho that these traitors were not content with changing and transforming my dulcinea but they transformed and changed her into a shape as mean and ill-favoured as that of the village girl yonder and at the same time they robbed her of that which is such a peculiar property of ladies of distinction that is to say the sweet fragrance that comes of being always among perfumes and flowers for i must tell thee sancho that when i approached to put dulcinea upon her hackney as thou sayest it was though to me it appeared a she-ass she gave me a whiff of raw garlic that made my head reel and poisoned my very heart oh scum of the earth cried sancho at this oh miserable spiteful enchanters oh that i could see you all strung by the gills like sardines on a twig ye know a great deal ye can do a great deal and ye do a great deal more it ought to have been enough for you ye scoundrels to have changed the pearls of my lady's eyes into oak galls and her hair of purest gold into the bristles of a red ox's tail and in short all her features from fair to foul without meddling with her smell for by that we might somehow have found out what was hidden underneath that ugly rind though to tell the truth i never perceived her ugliness but only her beauty which was raised to the highest pitch of perfection by a mole she had on her right lip like a moustache with seven or eight red hairs like threads of gold and more than a palm long from the correspondence which exists between those of the face and those of the body said don quixote dulcinea must have another mole resembling that on the thick of the thigh on that side on which she has the one on her face but hairs of the length thou hast mentioned are very long for moles well all i can say is there they were as plain as could be replied sancho i believe it my friend returned don quixote for nature bestowed nothing on dulcinea that was not perfect and well finished and so if she had a hundred moles like the one thou hast described in her they would not be moles but moons and shining stars but tell me sancho that which seemed to me to be a pack-saddle as thou wert fixing it was it a flat saddle or a side saddle it was neither replied sancho but a hineta saddle with a field covering worth half a kingdom so rich is it and that i could not see all this sancho said don quixote once more i say and will say a thousand times i am the most unfortunate of men sancho the rogue had enough to do to hide his laughter at hearing the simplicity of the master he had so nicely befooled at length after a good deal more conversation had passed between them they remounted their beasts and followed the road to saragossa which they expected to reach in time to take part in a certain grand festival which is held every year in that illustrious city but before they got there things happened to them so many so important and so strange that they deserve to be recorded and read as will be seen farther on end of volume two part two chapter ten recording by expatriate in bangor maine